Welcome back to another episode of The Frisian Advocate. I'm Angie DePoit. And I'm Scott Kellenhofer. So before you begin listening to this episode, we wanted to let you know that the interview with Marika Ackerman was recorded on October 3rd, and there have been some very extraordinary events that have taken place over the last several weeks that have led to the departure of a few KFBS board members. And additionally, a meeting was requested between the KFPS member council and the KFPS board to discuss some of these issues. You'll hear more about that in the episode, but we wanted to let you know the timing of our interview so that way you can understand the events that have taken place. At the end of this episode, you'll hear some wrap-up details that explain what has transpired since the meeting between the KFPS member council and the board. Welcome, everybody. We're thrilled to have you here for our very first episode, and we chose a very special guest for this episode. We're talking today with Marika Ackerman, the executive director of the KFPS, and there's a lot of things that are happening at the KFPS right now, a lot of excellent initiatives, so we felt that this was a great way to lead off the podcast by talking to Marika and getting a feel for what's happening in the Netherlands and what we can expect uh, in the near future. So thanks for being here with us today, Marika. We're thrilled to have you. And you're relatively new in your position. It's been several years, but there's probably people listening all over the world that haven't met you in person. So we'd love for the audience to just get an idea of you as a person. So we'd love to know a little bit about you and you know how you came to be in your position and what your background with Frisian Horses is. Yeah, well, thank you, uh, Angie, for having me in this podcast. When and how I came into contact with the Frisian horses. Yeah, I came into contact with Frisian horses during my childhood. Uh, I've been born and raised on a on a farm, a little uh, a dairy farm in the middle of uh, Friesland, Friesland in the north of uh, the Netherlands. My father, yeah, unfortunately, is no longer alive, but he was a huge fan of the Frisian horse, and he transmitted me to love uh, the love the love for the Frisian horse and during my uh, yes uh, during my uh, study I went to California for three months with Jack and Tiggly Tools maybe you know them they are both not alive anymore but I had a great time and it was about uh, I think 1991 yeah and they had a lot of Frisian horses over there they had a big farm dairy uh, farm and they also had about I think 60 Frisian horses and uh, I had a great summer spending with the Frisian horses over there. And, and they brought me to a lot of other uh, breeders and a lot of events over there. And after I came home, uh, I told my father, uh, we have to uh, buy another Frisian horse and we, uh, <laughs> we sell the KWPN horses. <laughs> so I started the love of the Frisian horse in America. Oh, well, how about that? Yeah, <laughs> that's a nice... Uh, yeah, it's, it's it happened that way. So, were you a rider or a driver, or just uh, your parents did breeding, or? Yeah, my, my parents did breeding, but I was a rider. I was from my mm-hmm. uh, yeah. We always had a, a little ponies at home. Then you ride, of course, them. And later on, I went to the yeah to the the, the club. We went to a club, horse riding club. And then you take your own horses with the club and you ride uh, with an, a lot of other young people. And that's always fun. And, uh, yeah, we had in that time, we had a lot of freezing horses, but also 
ja, oké, okay, de European or other breeds. En ja, uh, yeah. I did mostly of the time I did dressage. Okay. And do you, are you still doing any riding with Frisian horses? Do you you're very busy, so do you still have time for that sort of thing? Uh, maybe once a year. Oh. I have still horses at home, Frisian horses. And I ride sometimes, but uh, not very often. I now use them more for breeding and okay. just for a, just for a hobby. Did you have any foals this year? I had two foals this oh. year. Two stallion foals. And uh, yes. yeah, I, I yeah I, I can't keep stallions uh, at home. So uh, when there is a mare, I like to keep them. But otherwise, uh, I sell the stallions because uh, yeah, always boys, huh? <laughs> it's different always. than have mares. <laughs> yeah, it's a little bit more complicated when you got a boy running around, right? Yeah, 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 yeah. And it has to be nice over at home, so it's also a little bit easy, huh? We just having them for fun, and. Uh, yeah, boys are sometimes a little bit hard to handle. Sometimes, yeah. <laughs> and that's why we, we, keep, yeah, we keep the mares. So how did you come to be in your position that you're in now? You were already working at the KFPS, I think, in the role of communications. Is that right? When did you start working with the KFPS? I started working in 2011 at the KFPS as in that in, in communication and events and promotion. That therefore, I also worked in, in marketing at another uh, company. And then, yeah, the KFPS asked for a manager of communication. And that's thought, oh, and I can combine my hobby and my work experience. So that's why I came working at the KFPS in, I thought, 1st of April in 2011. Now you're in the role, which has got to be the busiest role there. I cannot imagine the amount of emails just on a daily basis that you must get from people around the world. I mean, that's like, it's such a wide ranging position. What What's your day-to-day job like as the executive director? How many different types of things do you have to handle? Yeah, we have, of course, there are hard things to handle and the hard things are always coming to me. And we work at the office with nice, beautiful ladies and they are work uh, very hard. Uh, yeah, there are once the day, they work two days and there are some work, work five days. And um, yeah, they work all very hard. I just, uh, when we have new people over here, they always say, Oh, <laughs> you're very busy over there. Yeah, it's, it's a busy job. You, you work for a uh, company that that have members uh, all over the world and they all practice their hobby in the weekend. So we also have a lot of volunteers and judging and inspectors and uh, events that's always during evening or in the weekend. So mm-hmm. it's, yeah, it's, it's a very busy work we do over here. But of course, it's also, uh, you have very passionate people and they all love the Frisian horse. So, yeah. It's busy, but it's also nice work what we do over here. So, Marika, when you talked about the fact that that it's, it is an international horse and you're representative of the breed on, on an international basis, how do you deal with when you get phone calls with the language barriers that may occur? I'm sure that uh, not everybody is fluent in Dutch, <clears throat> neither Angie no. nor I are. So how do you deal with maybe calls from uh, China or, or some some places in Europe that are different than the speaking Dutch? Yeah, no, if it's not Dutch, they speak English. And if they don't speak English, it's maybe German. We speak a little, we speak German over here. And otherwise, yeah, then uh, they have to find somebody who speaks English. 
So that's so the, the kind of the fallback language is is English. That's yeah, yeah. That's kind of a relief for us. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> relief. Yeah, and if we have current systems, it's now we have the new website. You can just uh, click on the language and it's translated. Mm-hmm. And you can we I don't know exactly, but maybe we have ten languages over there, also the Frisian language. But you can click on the language and the the the, the text is translated into the right language. So oh. it's going to be French or Spanish or Chinese. It doesn't matter. You just click on your language and you can read what's on our website. Oh, cool. Also, Mike AFPS and in, is in that different languages. <laughs> so the tool of the database is also in the different languages. Okay. And we don't speak it. The, the, the computer speaks it. <laughs> That's sure. the, next, the next step. Eh? Sure. Yeah. I imagine it's it's a challenge to try and manage an organization like that with so many different languages in so many different countries. But it's also very exciting to see how rapidly the Frisian horse's popularity has spread around the world. I mean, I'm sure you're you're seeing that too. There's inspections in so many countries now. It's it's so much to manage, but it's a it's also a great thing I think for the breed to see how how far-reaching it's become. Yeah, of course, we are very proud of it. And they all keep on the the, the, the love of the Frisian horse and also the goals of the, the, the KFPS. Exactly. And they, and just like now, we have in America two teams judging uh, Frisian horses over there. And, and you also like to have the Frisian judges over there, of the KFPS judges. Sure, yes. and that, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, and that makes it also very... Uh, now that everywhere around the world we keep the same goal, and that's to make a very nice and healthy Frisian horse. So there's been some changes in recent weeks at the stud book. We've seen uh, the departure of Tina Kashaker, the chairwoman, Ella Weersma, also another board member, and then uh, Gretja Swart. Can you talk to us briefly about those changes and if you know what brought them about? Yeah, of course, I can tell something about it. Yeah, Gretje Swart, that's a, that's a colleague of mine. She's here working at the KFPS office. She said, uh, just after my holidays, he came to me. She said, I, uh, yeah, I want to quit because, yeah, it's, it's too busy. And for me at this moment, it's not the job I like to do. And uh, of course, I try to <laughs> keep her on board, but at this moment, it's her choice and we respect that. And she's working still for us and more at the background. So she's probably doing some things uh, for this year at the background so we can prepare very well for next year. Mm-hmm. Also on uh, the, the the calendar, of course, for all the judging and every event we have uh, in 2024. She's the inspection manager, is that correct? Yeah. That's a very, yeah. that's got to be a very busy job coordinating yeah. all these schedules and sites. Yeah, that's, it's it's probably the most one of the most busiest uh, jobs here uh, is, and she she works of course with a lot of people who are volunteer, and we judge the Frisian horses, and the judges and inspectors they are all volunteer, and of course that's that's very hard. You have a big group of of people uh, where you're responsible for, and uh, yeah, all the inspections and and uh, events are always in in the weekend, and she she's also a mom, and it's a very yeah. busy job. Sure, but sure. but she 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 loves the Frisian horse and she also loves the KFPS and she it just she says it's too busy for me and at this moment it's not the job she likes to do at this moment uh, in her life 
and that's why she's uh, she's quitting. But she's still working over here. She's not on on the front desk, so she's not. You cannot see her a lot, and you don't can mail her more. But she's do, just doing some back uh, work, our uh, back office work for preparing for next year uh, uh, inspections and events. And then the recent changes on the board. Do you know what might have been the catalyst for that? Um, yeah, they they stepped out for themselves uh, because they didn't like the yeah. How do you call that? Uh, the culture, uh, yeah. I believe. The culture, yeah, the culture at this moment. So they are not uh, quite happy with that, and that's why they quit. So for members that may not know, uh, how many people are typically on the board and? With Tinica and Ella's departure, how many does that leave us with? And I'm assuming that they'll be replaced fairly quickly. Yeah, normally we have five people in the board. And at this moment is our two. It's uh, Jan Veldhuis and Miel Janssen. And they are uh, still in the board. And I uh, hope they they stay there. (laughs) It's... uh, (laughs) (laughs) Oh, my God. Yeah, no, I know. And in the, in the member council of this autumn, I think we we have new uh, board members, and um, the member council has to vote over that if they can go in, yes or no. New. So there always there, there was also uh, in January somebody of the board stepped out. So we also had a procedure. Uh, what do you call that? There was also a vacancy of the member of the board. Okay. So. There was uh, people who are like to go into the board, and there are people who are talking with that already. Is there a, a progression in who's in charge right now, and and can you tell us a little bit about that individual? Uh, Jan Veldhuis is in charge at this moment. He's okay. taking uh, the place of Tineke Skogger. Yeah, what can you tell us a little bit about him? Since we since we have no idea of, of this individual oh. at all. Oh, he's a lawyer. He has a uh, he's a very good lawyer here in the Netherlands. He has some background in the horses, and I didn't know him a year ago. But now he knows everybody. <laughs> he knows everybody in the KFPS, and that's because he always followed the KFPS, and he always was around. But he's not typical always in the front. But he knows everything because he also was a lawyer at the. At the, the, the KNS, that's the sport, uh, competition of the Netherlands. Right. And, um, yeah, he, he, he just knows a lot of Frisian horses and he also has three Frisian horses at home and he's, uh, driving them. His wife is riding okay. them and he's driving. Okay. And that's his, his hobby. And he has a, a huge, large, uh, lawyer, uh, company. What's the procedure when when they're looking for new board members? Do they have a committee that seeks out good candidates? Is that how the process works? And the member council will approve those candidates? Yeah, we have uh, five uh, people of the member council. They are in the, yeah, we call that Vertrouwenscommissie. They are always, uh, they are searching for and and looking for the, the board members and they choose them. Uh, together with a research company, we have now a research company with it, and they are uh, in the in the autumn this year of the member council. They tell us which people they are, and then we have to vote in the member council. Oh my goodness! Well, that will certainly be interesting to see who they 
propose, and hopefully yep. we can get those new members on on the board quickly. Yep. And I'm sure that they have a lot of busy work to do. So I'm sure yeah. the two gentlemen who are rowing the yep. boat right now will be glad to have some help. Yeah, they are. It's 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 glad that there is some help from a research company. They are specialized in this. And how often does the board meet? Is it a monthly thing where they meet every month, or is it less often? Now, normally it's every month. It was in the past. It was every month uh, because there are so much things to do. Uh, we had a time that it was only that it was also weekly, and uh, some of the board members they spend a lot of time in on it. Uh, yeah, Jan he's a lawyer, and of course, uh, then you see a lot of things. And yeah, he wanna also say he he's he's very good at it. So he's he. He learns as also things, but he has he's also saying that we have a lot of work to do still. Our rules and regulations, we have to check them all. We now did the stallion uh, uh, rules and regulations this year, but we have to do them all, uh, all the rules and regulations of the KFPS and also some other contracts we have to look at it. So then we have the, the, the house of the KFPS and the, the where we have to the rules and regulations, we can if they are correct and they're working good, yeah, we can go forward. That brings up a great topic. That was something I wanted to ask you about in the spring member council meeting. There were a number of changes to the stallion selection regulations that were approved. Can you tell us about some of those and why they may have been brought about? Um, yeah, but because it has been revised in, in its entirety over the years, there have always been adjustments that meant that the used language was not always the same. So that's why we uh, make a refuse, uh, revised in its entirety. And we also like to achieve more blood the distributions, that there are more possibilities for stallions that have not been declared star for the first or the second viewing. They also, the, the stallion committee, they can say, we, we like to see the stallion again at the second viewing, but he's not declaring star yet. So we give stallions a chance what are uh, interesting for the cave, for the, the, for the, for more blood distribution. And I think you know what I mean. <laughs> right. Sure. So you're talking about stallions with, that may have a lower kinship or. Yeah. Perhaps they're from a stallion with no approved sons. So these are all measures yep. that policy measures that can be taken to help with uh, inbreeding and kinship yep. and just overall healthier genetic population. Yeah, a greater genetic diversity is what you're what you're looking for. I, I, is, yep. is how I interpret this. Yeah. Okay. And, and and now we give that young stallions a chance. And in the past, stallions the first few they didn't get star, they went out. And now they give another chance because sometimes they are too young or they are not, they don't have the muscles yet. They, we just want to give them a chance. And at least in the end, if Stalin has to be a star worthy uh, to get into the, the central examination, but we, we give them a much longer time um, to, to come into the Stalin selection. So that's, that's um, one of the biggest changes in, in, the, in the stallion regulations. Can you tell us what occurred with the stallion Nero? I believe he's an Olbrun Faba stallion that was there at the entrance to the central uh, examination. And there were some issues with his vaccinations. And we've seen an article about that come out. Can you 
there's and of course there's always people that want to talk about these things. Sometimes the members get excited, but can you elaborate on that for those that may not have read the article? You know what happened? What's what's the actual facts? Yeah, the 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 board decided to give this stallion also a chance. He didn't get his second uh, vaccination of the Reno virus. Uh, and that's in the that's not in the main rules and regulation, but in the yeah the uitvoeringsbepaling. Um, I don't know exactly what that is in English, but that's uh, a rules of regulation that the board can decide to change. That's wh- where the, the the central examination is, where data we start, uh, and that is also in that the rhino virus uh, vaccinations has to be twice before starting the central examination. Yeah, this stallion didn't have the second vaccination, uh, so we we uh, had to send him home. He could not uh, get into the central examination. And then the owner asked her if we could make a possibility to get him on the exam, uh, central examination. At that time, we checked with a lot of veterinarian people. We checked with the veterinarian of the breeding committee, Waling uh, Huytema is that. And we also checked on the University of Utrecht, and that's uh, Professor Sloot. And she told us that if the other stallions who are in the central examination are fully vaccinated, and this stallion had the first vaccination, there is zero or almost zero veterinarian issues. So it, there is no risk for the stallions. And for the stallion who has to go over there, that's Nero, to get the rhino virus. He, at home, he had more uh, risk than uh, over there in the central examination in Exlo. So, and it's also the board can make that decision because it's in the rules for uh, where the board can decide and not the member council. So that's why the, and also we want to have uh, as much horses of stallions into the central examination. So the, the stallion committee can choose, can choose, and they have, they have a choice how, how, how more stallions there are, how more they can choose. And that's what we like to have. We like to have more blood diversity. So they, there needs to be as much stallions as possible. So that's why the board decided to send the, the stallion Nero over there. And he, uh, because there was veterinary, uh, a risk uh, very low. So that's why he he went over there, and that's why the board member uh, or the board the, the member council now decides that they want to have a meeting with the with the board, and that's next Friday or this Friday. Okay, so they have some questions and they'll get those yeah. answered. Yeah, I know. I looked him up yesterday in the database, and I noticed that he is a low inbreeding point seven eight, and then he's also low kinship. 16.7. And, and I, we've been hearing over the last year or two that for inspections and a particular stallion selection, they're trying to be more accommodating, especially sometimes when there is an interesting pedigree or there are contributing factors like low kinship or low inbreeding. So do you know if that at all played into the discussion or decisions about allowing him to actually come back and participate? Nah, it's it, it's just a coincidence because the other okay. stallions are fully vaccinated. That's why he could go in. Okay. And just on the off chance, I know we said you said that the risk is zero or nearly zero, but if there happened to be an outbreak, 
where does the liability fall? Would it have been on the KFPS or the the owner breeder? Oh, well, I don't know exactly, but I think that's uh, I can't answer that. Okay. That's a good that's a good lawyer question. So you yeah. got a, you got a guy lined. <laughs> yeah, you have a good lawyer for that. They'll be more than uh, happy to answer that question yeah. for you. I added, the people told us that the, the the risk is 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 zero, and he at, at home he had more risk uh, to get uh, the Reno virus than uh, than there over there. And it's also a stallion. And stallions have less risk than mares, but sure. Let's uh, switch gears real quick. And I know I'm, I know that they're they're deep in the middle of their work, and you may not have a lot to tell us. But for those that don't know, the KFPS does have a structural committee, and one of the things that we've been hearing or been told at some of the foreign associations, affiliate associations meetings about the structural committee. And so my impression is that th- this is a committee that's working to see how our affiliates operate in conjunction with the KFPS, some of the, the rules and regulations that apply specifically to affiliates. So, and, and maybe it's also looking at the internal councils within the KFPS as well. I'm not sure, but my impression from what we've been told is that this committee is, is trying and working very hard to make sure that, you know, we're all operating together the same way, following the same rules and regulations, that sort of thing, as we follow up under the KFPS. Is that correct? Yeah, that's correct. And uh, and the committee includes people from the member council, uh, the board. Jan is also in it and, and, and me. And last year we worked uh, to merge the region in the Netherlands and the breeding association. We have breeding associations here in the Netherlands. And in our rules and regulations of the KFPS, there's nothing about breeding associations. So that's a gap. And we try to, uh, to make this gap. No, we, we try to make that easily, uh, that, it, that we, we speak about the same things. We, we speak in the, the rules and regulations of the KFPS about regions and not about breeding associations. And yeah, sometimes that's difficult. That's what, what we, and, and that's what we did last year in the Netherlands. And it's not, uh, and we, uh, the, the overall governance has also been looked at. And yeah, it is, uh, at this, as currently we're focused, uh, we have focused on other points, uh, within the KFPS, but I think in the, the autumn we, uh, we will speak to the committee again and, uh, have a look at it, how we do it in the future. Are some of the things they're looking at um, related to the ben- the KFPS benefits amongst members worldwide, trying to equalize yeah. those or, or make sure as much as possible that they have access to those benefits wherever they might live? In some places, it's hard, of course, right? You know, yeah. depending on what the country is, it may not be safe or there may not be infrastructure or the right things to have inspections there. But I, I would imagine that having, you know, yeah. equal access to these membership benefits is something that they're working on as yeah. well. Yeah, we we try to have the same rules and regulations all over the world, but it's not always possible, of course. Yeah, and if you ask for a judging over in China, we have to uh, look if if some judges can go over there. And if they want to have a reinspection, yeah, at this moment it's not possible because you cannot fly again in two weeks later. 
yeah, that kind of gaps uh, we are working on. And it's always also, yeah, sometimes you have the rules and regulation are based on the, on the Netherlands. And, uh, yeah, sometimes you have another uh, rules and regulation necessary maybe in, in countries abroad. And if that's so, then we have to uh, change the rules and regulations. Now, does that... Uh, apply like for instance a good example i guess would be in in north america in the united states and canada our our affiliate association does not inspect b-book two horses so would that be something that the structural committee might be looking at to see if there's equal access to inspections for those members that may have b-book two horses yeah, but also, of course, we have to respect the, the FANA for that. And we are discussing this with FANA at this moment. Okay, so trying to chart a path forward on that. Yeah. How about, uh, sorry, I feel like some of these topics are, they're timely for sure, but they can be a little uh, contentious amongst the members. Of course, outcrossing is something that members have been talking about for, I would say, a few years now. So earlier this year, we heard about the closure of the, I think what you call the side section or subsidiary section. And that was uh, in relation to some concerns about outcrossing and how that might affect transition from this side section or subsidiary section into the main book. Can you explain what that whole conversation, you know, revolves around, you know, what what's really happening there and then what the concerns from different sides of the members were about this topic. Yeah, it's because of the laws and regulation of the, the RVO, that's the, the government over here in the Netherlands, and the statutes and rules uh, of the KFPS. If we match that over, then you cannot have an outcross breeding. And if the members wants to have an outcross breeding, we have, we have to make other rules and regulations. And and therefore, the member council said, no, we don't want to have another uh, KFPS, another book within the KFPS. So that's why they made a decision that we have to close the section. Right. They voted on that in the spring, correct? Yeah, that's correct. Now, there's been some reports come out that there was some information that came from the RVO to the stud book. That leads one to believe if you're, as you're reading it, that the, the government has said that there isn't a risk and that those horses cannot be forced to have equal access to be promoted to the main book. Can you clarify what, what happened there? Cause there, there, there seems to be a lot of confusing information about what actually happened. Yeah. We, we discussed this with RVO and we know what we asked. And that's also publicly, uh, you can find it uh, on the internet. And what, uh, yeah, the, the, the background, what uh, another guy asked the RVO, we don't know what he asked the RVO. So you see answers, but sometimes um, the answer is uh, on another question. <laughs> and so you need to know what the question was, and then you can read the answers very well. What we discussed with the RVO, they were very clear with us. And it's also very clear that it's when you have outcross and you would, you do a breeding program on it or you do inspection about it, that is breeding program. You have to do, uh, within a few years, you have to put them into the main section that can be. And at this moment, we have in our rules and regulations standing that there's nothing, that there are no horses 
can go into the stud book who are not 100% freezing. I see. That makes that makes things a little more clear if not everybody has seen the questions that the stud book has asked or members have asked of the government, and, and that what might be why the responses were different. Yeah, we talked about this with uh, with some people, and they also sent us letters, and we and, uh, answered them very clear. But if they don't uh, yeah, trust us, <laughs> they go uh, by themselves to the RVO, and yeah, then they get answers. Uh, you don't know what the question was. So yeah, sometimes we we work on it, and we work very hard on it. And there has to be trust in an organization, and also trust with. Uh, with the board and with the KFPS uh, employees, that we do our work very good. And it's not our job to keep uh, outcross outside. That's, if the members want that, we do that. And we are an association. But we have to do the things very well. We have to keep our uh, breeding goal in mind. And we have to respect the rules and regulations, which we uh, voted on all. We voted uh, them in all. So as far as the board knows, the information that they gave the the member council during the spring meeting was was correct. And that was yep. the information they received from the government. Yeah, that's correct. And will this be will this also be part of Friday's meeting, this topic or is Friday's meeting only about the the stallion central examination? Uh, it's it's only about stallion. OK, that's why we start with and maybe there are some other questions, but it's and on topic. It's only about stallion. Well, we had a wonderful conversation recently with Dr. Bart Ducro and Ph.D. candidate Mariah Stainsma about their breeding conversation research that's happening at Wagonen University. And uh, I tell you, Scott and I were so impressed. Of course, we we meet with Bart and Mariah monthly and also yeah. with uh, Nike Backer in the KFPS office. So we in our colleagues at the University of Kentucky. So all, all of us that are working on research for the Frisian horse, we talk to each other pretty frequently, but it was just a wonderful conversation when you say Scott and uh, Mariah was, I was very impressed by her. Absolutely. She was, she is, uh, she's really growing into the job and she's yeah. very impressive in how she, and how she presents herself. And we really, we're very confident that, that uh, our, the team in the Netherlands is going to, is going to be able to address some of these issues that are Sadly, so prevalent within the breed, but I I think uh, when it's all said and done, and they present their findings to the to the member council, they will realize that there are some issues to be dealt with. Yeah, now we are happy that the member council has agreed to this research, and Mariah is in our office uh, one day in a week, and she's here every Friday, and she's just part of the team. She's a very nice lady. She knows a lot. She's she speaks very well English, of course, <laughs> and uh, I think, uh, yeah, we we like her, and she's you can easily discuss with her. Well, that that prompts the questions in, uh, that I have in, in regard to the, and I know that I brought this question up a couple of years ago at the at the FANA's annual meeting in regard to the uh, the strategic plan and how the number one issue in the, in the KFPS strategic plan was the health and welfare of the horse, and it eventually evolves into the point where. Uh, the, the member council or whomever decides to uh, finance a, a health research program to the tune of uh, three hundred thousand euro. Yeah, I, I'm curious as to as to what prompted the KFPS, what prompted the member council to say yes, we're going to spend three hundred thousand euro on this. What was the 
What motivated you to, to open up the purse strings? Not to be, I don't, I don't want to sound insulting in saying that. Open up the purse strings and say, okay, here's 300,000 euro. We think that this is that important. What was the motivating factor there? Uh, probably uh, the, 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 the speed of Bud. <laughs> he, he did in that spring. I think it was a spring or it, nay, maybe it was also in the autumn that he did uh, some speeches uh, in the Netherlands and also online, I think, uh, about the health of the Frisian horse and about the inbreeding and about the, the what kind of issues there are, and uh, that he did that very well, and that's why Mariah also was triggered to did a PhD about this issue, and yeah, she she, she just uh, it's her hobby, the Frisian horse, and she's uh, she studied genetics, so that's the yeah, uh, this these two topics you need for doing this research. And I think they made it by themselves. And the members, they know also we have some issues in the breed. And if you make the breed uh, healthier, you need to do research what to do. If you want to go outcross, yes or no. If you need outcross, yes or no. Or how you can increase the the, the inbreeding. How uh, On what facts. Huh? We, we just, uh, everybody thinks something, but you need to make um, breeding goals on facts. So that's why Mariah is now uh, doing some studies and she did some research about the breeding. Uh, no, she, she's, it was on the, on the website a few uh, weeks ago or a week ago. It was the inbreeding percentage is now uh, 0.72. And it's, uh, yeah, we like to have that underneath the, the, the 0.5. And she made, she's now making some uh, issues about that. She dropped something and that's what we also are, are discussing with the breeding committee and also in the, yeah, the, the Kade Dag, that's uh, next week. We have a lot of, we have the member council, the judges, the inspectors, and young KFPS and, and the people from the, the office. And then we're going to talk about uh, no, yeah, the, the, the issues which brings us for the next few, uh, five years. So I suspect that uh, just my, my impression is that, is that the work that Mariah is doing is to, uh, eventually determine some of the challenges within the breed and present that information to the member council so that they can make an educated decision on how they how how they want to proceed in ensuring it's the the, the sustainability of the breed it's kind of a, a <clears throat> they're going to develop a, a, a they're they're asking the member council to file the science after they've Done all the research and presented it to them. Is that's is that a correct interpretation of the goal? Yeah, uh, um, Mariah has now done a, 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 a some pedigree analysis, and she's just uh, the first uh, facts are coming out of that research. And uh, next week we uh, have Bart Ducrow also on our Yakade uh, Dag. That that's where the, all the people are coming, and that's more brainstorm. We we'd like to more brainstorming it's not that we have the next five years already uh in in a, in a roadmap uh is ready but we need to just talk and discuss with everybody what steps to uh, we have to do to keep the breed healthy and keep the inbreeding as low as possible but health is of course very important for as you know <laughs> i i would love to be a fly on the wall that yeah. could speak dutch at that meeting <laughs> Yeah. But uh, that ain't going to happen, but... <laughs> no. no, 
maybe we're gonna <laughs> record it and we're also gonna have that also for the yeah, from the people abroad but this is just the start and we start of course in the netherlands but you also do this in, in terms at the uh, who meeting in january then we have all the people from abroad over there and of course we have this conversation there also but for uh, the, the main goal is of course to keep the frisian horse uh, healthy and uh, alive for the next uh, future Sure. I know uh, we talked uh, when, when we were speaking to Mariah, some of the things that she was talking about in relation to her inbreeding research, her pedigree analysis um, yep. was, you know, that there are a number of measures that she's modeling to see what potential outcomes could help bring that per generation inbreeding increase down to where we want to see it. Will we should we expect to see any of those proposals at the fall member council meeting or would that be too soon and, and it will more likely be 2024? Yeah, the, the breeding council is just working on it. I didn't see it yet. So maybe you notice know more than uh, I know they are thinking about it and they are preparing some things. But uh, of course, we also have to talk to the, 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 to the stallion owners and to uh, all the members over here. So next spring, it's going to be ready. And in the okay. autumn, we're going to talk about with uh, the members and with uh, all the associations to uh, then they can give what they think about it and what they like to know and what they are, what's important for them. So that's what we do this autumn. I know within our, our monthly research meetings amongst the researchers, we we've talked about a few things like potentially, you know, recommending that a, a health Council uh, also, you know, be stood up to assist the breeding council. They, I'm, I'm sure that they have a lot of things on their plate. And when you add in all these health and genetics issues or proposals that may go through, is that something that we might see in the future as an as a new council that's dedicated to working through some of these policy recommendations to get them ready for the member council? Or do we still expect to see everything be rolled up underneath the breeding council? Uh, we just talked about it yesterday again, and we're not sure what if it's going to be into the breeding committee or is it uh, next to the breeding committee? We, we're just talking about it. It's not sure what, uh, what uh, we're going to do. Okay. And I know also one of the potential changes that we talked about in our research meetings w- was recommending that the young stallions going into the 70-day test, along with all their other veterinary checks, that they be checked diagnostically for any signs of current active megasophagus or gastroparesis, what leads to gastric rupture, maybe even checking the heart to just make sure it's healthy with something like mm-hmm. an EKG. Yeah. Are those also being talked about right now? And maybe we'll see those changes come about in the next year? That, that can be. Yeah, sure. We are still doing some extra things uh, now in the central examination, but that's uh, more like uh, heart and uh, if they're go- and they are in good shape. You can measure that. So if there's going to be new uh, also for the mega oesophagus, and we, we know if we can check that, of course, we're going to do that. That would be great, certainly. I mean, certainly from our yeah. perspective, I would say, because yeah. there's there's always the chance that even at that at that age that there may be some signs where, you know, if this disorder is recessive, then 
then that stallion would be affected and he will produce a greater number of affected foals. So seems seems like a relatively inexpensive, easy measure to to take at this moment while we're still waiting on the research and waiting on a test. It's a small step that could be taken that maybe could avoid some issues in the future. Uh, if we have the tools, if, if the, the tools are ready, yeah, then we have to change the rules and regulations, of course, because some things are in the rules and regulations. But, of course, if, if the tools are, are ready, uh, we have to use them. So uh, hopefully your, your, uh, your research in Kentucky is going to bring us some new items. Over here, we're working yes. on it. I just, we're working we're, very we're hard on, on it. <laughs> it's been a spectacularly frustrating uh, endeavor. Uh, yeah, it's been, it, to a degree, it's been rewarding, but at the same time, it's been. I thought we'd have this put to bed by now, but that there's a level of ignorance that speaks to to medical research right there in that statement. But uh, our team is working on it, and uh, between Angie and our researchers in the at, at UK and with our colleagues in the Netherlands, we are really working hard on trying to figure out what's going on with, with uh, Megasophagus yeah. in particular at, at this point in time. We've got other other endeavors in the hopper, but uh, we want to solve this one before we move on to the next one. No, if you have news about it, we like to hear it, of course. Well, when, you, yeah. when, when we have it, you will know. You'll, you'll, be, yeah. the, you'll be the first to know. I guarantee, yeah. guarantee that. Okay, so... Yeah. And yeah. and uh, and and you'll and we'll be popping champagne bottles over here and the whole, the whole shooting match once yeah. we get this figured out. Yeah, it should be nice. We just went to the lab uh, last week to uh, Scotland, where we do yes. now at and Gene Seek we do the new tests. Mm-hmm. And you look around there; it's very impressive what they are doing and what they are, and what they are researchers doing about. And yeah, I, it's hopefully for the future. How is the SNP testing coming along? Is is that all rolling now? I know that there was a little bit of a delay earlier this year trying to get, you know, contracts in place, but is is the hair now going to the lab in Scotland yeah. and everything is being processed there, so results are starting to pour out of that testing? Yeah, yeah. almost. <laughs> the re- the, 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 yeah. Almost. Yeah, not, of Sorry. course, the, the, yeah. Now the hair samples are over there, and they're doing their tests, and we had a look at it, and it was very uh, interesting and very impressive. And they now the the, the results are coming back, and in our uh, program in in Aquis, we have to there is a tool who who can read the outcome of the test, and there are some issues, little issues. Because I last week they said it in the middle of this week it's gonna be in our database, but now it's gonna be maybe next week or, or a week later. But in a, in a few weeks we have uh, all the all the uh, information we need for this year. I tell you, Marika, I've I've said this so many times in the last month. <laughs> technology, <laughs> technology is great when it works. Yeah, when it it's good. Now I can tell <clears throat> something about that this year. Naya, that was also a question of you and of the the website and my case. Yeah, let's talk about that. (laughs) Tell us what what happened. (laughs) It's a nice bridge over there. But yeah, Naya, we had a lot of issues about it and it was frustrating a lot. And uh, the whole summer we had a lot of frustration with the the, the people uh, over here. But still, it's working uh, better day by day. It, we were extremely unlucky, extremely unlucky, unlucky this year. 
<laughs> Luck. Okay. <laughs> yeah. I, yeah. I do think that people were very understanding and patient. I never heard anybody. I'm, I'm sure you get complaint phone calls. I'm sure that I'm sure that not a lot of people call you to say everything is working great. And they just wanted to tell you that. But I, I use the database just about every day. And I love the new app for your phone where you can just have that on there. That's a great addition. It's, it's a time saver for me. It's something that I can just pull out my phone if somebody's asking me a question about a certain horse. So I love that you guys have, you know, stood that up and I hope people are using it. And if, if they don't know how to do that, they certainly could find that information easily online, but yeah, it's a wonderful addition. Yeah. It's a, it's a wonderful addition. And Hopefully it works, but yeah, a few, we went out a few weeks, we went offline, and it was in February, I guess. And then we had a few weeks, we were offline, and then yeah, step by step, the, the new uh, site and the new MyKFPS uh, came online. And yeah, at this moment, we are very, uh, it's, it's hap- we are happy with it, but yeah, there was some frustration, and it was more maybe with the people from here, with the working on, on the KFPS, we were... Then you have to work on it, and then it's not working. Huh? Oh, that's frustrating. <laughs> you have to make uh, pedigrees, or you have to make uh, catalogy uh, yeah, for the events or something, and then, yeah, things are changed. IT yeah. has to work. And if it's not working, <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's yeah. a nightmare. Yeah. It's a, yeah. It's a and you nightmare. don't, you take your website for granted, I'll tell you that we... We just redid the Fenway website, and um, boy, was that a project. And yeah. uh, I can only imagine how it was for your website with the database incorporated into all that. So there's yeah. time that it takes to do all that, and there's a cost to it. But I think you guys executed it beautifully when, when you had to take it offline very quickly like that, and you brought back pieces slowly. So yeah. I think for the members, it, it was as good as it could be. Yeah, no, I didn't, and it was breeding season. It's just starting. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, no, I think so. Most people are now uh, happy with it. If you have some changes, you know, people need to uh, understand it at first, and then it has to be, uh, yeah, it's, it has to be easily, but yeah, sometimes new things, you get used to it, or yeah, it needs some time. Sure. Let's talk about the Stallion Show, everybody's favorite event of the year. And and this year, we're going to be expecting something a little bit different, right? There's no proms. Is that correct? So tell us what's happening. Yeah, we don't have uh, freezing proms anymore. We had it for the last uh, six years. And now we we thought we have to do something new. And in 2024, we have an anniversary of uh, 145 years and therefore, we said we have to do something new. Eh? We have to new, have a new uh, show. And now we have a show which more with a, a story in it. And it's more with the new technology. So we use video mapping on the ground and the horses are part of it. And we tell the story from the Frisian breed of the beginning till now. And that we do with the most new technology there is. At, in the world, so wow. we have the, the, the people who do, uh, yeah, shows with. Uh, I don't know if you know them, but with Armin van Buren, that's a DJ, famous DJ here in the Netherlands, and uh, people who do the the technical items of by him with the show of uh, Armin van Buren. They also do the, uh, now at the show of the Frisian horse, and they are just practicing. 
And if you then see the nice and friendly, easily character of the Frisian horse, it's amazing. <laughs> I just I just wow. saw some uh, some little videos where they're just trying what, what we can do with the Frisian horse and the Frisian horse. Now he's he's a it's an amazing horse. He has such a friendly character where he's so mm -hmm. easily just he trusts the people. And uh, yeah. just one or two or three times, and then they think, oh, I can do that, and then he does it. So it, I think it's going to be an amazing show. Well, let's put it this way. I have more trust in the Frisian horse than I have in technology, so we'll keep our, <laughs> we'll keep our fingers crossed in regard to the technological interface. But yeah. I know the horse The horse is going to do their job. I, that, yeah. I, I, no, I have no reservations about that at all. No. Yeah, I can imagine. What you, I think I know what you what you're saying, but yeah, I hope this these people are uh, doing a great job with the, the, the video mapping, uh, and uh, yeah, we we uh, yeah, it's going to be a great show. There's there's no doubt that when you're there that evening at that show, and of course we don't know what to expect from this one, so there's an extra element of excitement. I think I think you're right. Over the years, the proms we kind of we kind of knew the flow of of what to expect there, so. But yeah. there's just no doubt when you have that many Frisian horse lovers in that space, the the energy and the excitement in that room, the emotions, it really, you know, watching that performance really, it brings you back to why you fell in love with this breed because they're so beautiful. They're so amazing. They're characters like none other. And when we talk to people around the world, I'm, I'm sure it's the same for you. You know, that's what always comes yeah. through when they're talking about their horses is this, you know, this incredible relationship that they have with them. And to, I'll be honest with you. I mean, you just, you don't hear that from owners of other breeds. There's something special about Frisian horses. Yeah. We know that. Yeah. And you can feel that everywhere over the world from everybody, where you are, whatever you are. Well, when you watch them and you're at the stallion show and you see the, no, no, the nobility of the animal and how yep. how accommodating, how charismatic they are, I, I can tell you that there have been times when I'm in the stands and I'm watching and and I have so much affection for some, you know, the horses that I've had in my life that it does bring a tear to your eye. Mm, yes. Because, yeah. you know, the ones that are gone, you never forget them. Nope. And you look at the new ones and you say, okay, you're nice, but... Nodding was pretty special, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but I, but I digress, anyway. Yeah. So yeah, it, they're wonderful <laughs> animals, and 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 once you get a chance to interact with them, you really appreciate the fact that they are special in in the equine community. Yeah, it, it has a special place in your heart. Yeah, absolutely, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Well, we've covered a lot of. There's a lot going on. I can, I, I can feel almost through the airwaves how busy you are. And I think you guys are, you're handling all of these challenges that come up, whether they be technology or changes with personnel. I mean, you're still moving forward. You're working very hard on behalf of the Frisian horse. Is there, is there anything that we've missed as far as the initiatives that the KFPS has going on right now that you want to highlight to the members or have we captured most of it? No, mostly you've catch, captured it. Uh, we have, we are just already preparing for the 150th anniversary, <laughs> and uh, that's also going to be very nice. I, I don't know if you know the the, the kelpies in uh, Scotland. No, no, it's 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 more like a, a landmark. 
and then it's not freezing horses, but it are uh, what horses were it? No, more working horses. But we try to have a landmark of the freezing horse if we have the anniversary of 150 years in Friesland in Leeuwarden. No, from about 25 meters high. And if mm. you when you come into the in, into the Netherlands and when you see that, then you're gonna be also very proud. Wow! <laughs> wow! That sounds be, neat. That's gonna be uh, when you have you have nothing in front of your uh, your house, and then we have also <laughs> a freezing horse in front of uh, the uh, Friesland where yeah where the, yep. the foundation of the freezing horse is. Yeah. So that's our goal for 115 years. <laughs> And it's not not the goal of the KFPS, but we have a cultural foundation and it's shifting farther part. They do all the cultural items that they also do the shows because it's not the main topic, of course, of the, the KFPS. But they are working on this uh, this landmark and uh, hopefully uh, they succeed in it. And of right. course, in uh, next year, we're going to move our office. That's also uh, some issues where we are very busy uh, for. but. Uh, I hope we're gonna after the stallion show before it's gonna be too busy. But after the stallion show, we're gonna move to another uh, office also here in Drachten, and maybe uh, in, uh, in maybe five years or something else. Uh, if the, the big landmark is coming into Leeuwarden, uh, hopefully there's gonna be uh, an office for our uh, for the KFPS also. Oh, that would be so, very nice. Cool. That's gonna be very nice. <laughs> Absolutely. That's also one of the goals. Wow. You've got a, you've got your plate pretty full, and so yeah, this has been terrific. We appreciate the time you've been able to spend with us. I know how, how precious your time is, but I want to thank you from uh, the Fenway Foundation and and Frisian Advocate, the, the podcast, for sharing your time with us today, Marika. And thank you for that, and we are also proud of the Fenway Foundation. Well, thank you. We appreciate that. We appreciate the relationship that's developed between our two entities, and. Uh, Yep. Our, I hope that, that I, th I, I know that our goals are similar. Yeah. Sustainability of this very noble yep. breed. That's so. That's correct. The noble breed. Well, hopefully we'll be seeing you in a in a few months at the stallion show, and uh, yep. we, we look forward to that. But as Scott said, a lot of things are happening. This is a, I think it's just such an interesting time in our breed's history. You know, there's yep. so many things coming together. I'm. I'm personally so proud of the emphasis that we're putting on, you know, health and the diversity, genetics. Yeah. We're also working to make the horses more appealing for riders and the breed has so evolved. And I think our policies and uh, the way the members feel about things is evolving too. And I'm sure that, that there are challenges that always come with growth. But we try to face those head on and try yeah. to communicate with each other. That's the best that we can do. And, uh, you know, as long as we're all working with each other, working together, then we'll get there. We'll get there. We have to we have to work together. Yeah. Thank you so much for being here. We really appreciate it. We're very proud of what you're doing. So just keep it up. <laughs> yeah. And keep on the good work. You also. <laughs> Please give our best to everybody at the KFPS office. So at the beginning of this episode, we promised to fill you in on the events that have occurred since our interview with Marika Ackerman on October 3rd, and there have been several. On October 5th, a day prior to the special meeting between the KFPS board and member council, acting KFPS chairman Jan Veldhaus resigned. 
He released a statement saying that he was submitting his resignation with immediate effect and that he would not be providing any explanation as to his reasons. After the special meeting between the KFPS board and member council on October 6, the Friso published an article detailing the outcome of the meeting, and I'll read you a portion of the English translation. It says, At the extraordinary KFPS member council meeting, we worked on trust by speaking openly and honestly with each other. The admission of the young stallion Nero to the central examination prompted some of the council members to request an extraordinary meeting with the board. In the weeks before this meeting took place, two board members resigned. And then one day before the meeting, the Acton chairman of the board also resigned. Board member Neil Jansen explained in detail the board's motivations for allowing Nero to enter the central examination despite his incomplete rhino vaccination. His explanation gave the member council confidence that the decision the board made was in the best interest of the association. The member council indicated that they did not anticipate the impact their request for a special meeting would have, and they regretted that. It goes on to say that member council chairman John Boot announced at the end of the meeting that he was not pleased with the prevailing distrust within the member council, and he then resigned his duties as the chairman. He will remain on the council as a member. Member Council Vice Chairman Morella Van Leeuwen declined to take over as chairman, and she will also remain on the council as a member. Now, we've spoken to a few member council members, and they have expressed some confusion and frustration about all of these events. They say that some of the members simply just wanted to ask the board what took place. And they say that these unexpected resignations from the board occurred before discussion could even take place with the members which was regretful, but they held firm that the member council does have a right to ask questions of the board. Incidentally, the stallion Nero has already been released from the central examination, so some of the members are asking if all this turmoil was even worth it. Now, if you're listening to this and thinking, where does the KFPS go from here if there's just one board member left? Well, hold on to your hat, because even more changes have occurred recently. An additional special member council meeting took place on October 20th, and the member council has chosen Merck de Young as their new chairman, with Jan Hein Stadhouders as their vice chairman. Merck de Young was quoted in an article in the Friso as saying, It's my goal to create a unified and well-functioning member council based on respect and purposeful interaction with each other. Today we took the first steps towards achieving that, and I'm keen to guide that process. Additionally, a large majority of the member council chose Frank Falkins to join the KFPS board, subject, of course, to the advice of the Integrity Committee regarding his appointment. He was quoted as saying, I commit myself to bringing peace and quiet to the organization and the board. We are a royal society, and I hope that together we will succeed in underwriting that royal aspect. And to initially strengthen the board until permanent members can be appointed, KFPS ambassadors Detlef Elling and Jan Rymachers will serve as advisors to the board. So, despite all of these tumultuous events, the member council is now under new leadership and will be holding its fall meeting in just a few short weeks. The focus of this meeting is primarily on the development of a long-term strategy that will guide the stud book from 2024 to 2029. And it appears the KFPS board has been reinvigorated by several gentlemen who are eager to engage in constructive conversation with the member council. 
They appear very motivated to roll up their sleeves and get to work right away for the members. We certainly wish them well and thank them for volunteering their time in service of the stud book, its members, and of course, all of the magnificent Frisian horses around the world. Well, that's all the time we have for today. We hope you'll join us soon for another episode of the Frisian Advocate. Do you have a Frisian story to tell? Email us at info at fenwayfoundation.com and we'll add you to the lineup.